welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 177. All right, I have to come in here and be honest with y'all because I am a hypocrite. I know I was just on here last episode talking about lock all these niggas up who's playing loud ass music in their car because it's so disturbing and you can't really concentrate on the road and it's just annoying and, you know, you're being so oblivious and it's rude. I think I just forgot how good it felt and how good it feels to drive in a car with some good music playing and your your soul is being reverberated <laughs> reverberated <laughs> your heart is pounding through your chest you're 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 you feel like you're in a music video i know i was just clowning that last episode but my goodness today i had a moment earlier today in my car and i just felt the need to start playing mario braid my hair Now, shout out to Mario for for letting us know or reminding us who the fuck he is, because like a lot of other people, like a majority of people who watched or heard about the verses happening, I didn't watch it um, necessarily. I saw clips. But when I heard about this verses, I just immediately thought, okay, well, Mario's going to win, you know, because we know what Marion with so many hits attached to him, he seemed to have more. He seemed to have had a longevity than Mario. Um, Mario is also a good dancer, and like he, you could, th- there's so many hits that Marion has. Like he had hits, um, solo hits with B2K. He had that run with Bow Wow, and like he just, I immediately thought, okay, Marion's gonna crush it, right? And then when you think about the fact that. Versus has now turned into this performance piece that's not just, you know, it's not, it it evolved from what it was. You know, initially it was just literally on Instagram and the two artists will be on Instagram together, Instagram live together. And they're simply just playing their songs and like doing facial reactions, but they're not performing. And now it has evolved into a whole performance. So if you could perform your hit records as well as they sound, um, you know, audibly, then you're in a great lead in the versus battle. But being that Marion really just has well as everyone else. I don't know why. And it's weird because it's like. The Versus is now a concert. Like, it's not just between two artists. Instead, it's there's an opening act. There's a comedy show. There's, you know, there's some festival going on. Like, it's just this weird thing that has become. And, um, but yeah, shout out to Mario. Mario really did that. And I'm really, really taken aback. I didn't realize how great of a singer he is. Like, he is very talented. And it's to this day. To this day, nigga. To this day. And I just had the the desire to play braid my hair something just came over me i, I was leaving the grocery store grocery store shout out to heb and i'm like i want to hear braid my hair i just felt the need to play that song and that song reminds me you know it's nostalgic for me as well i remember when i first heard it, i was like what was I? I was in fourth grade and i was just thinking about <laughs> 
little boys that I liked during, you know, my, my classmates during that time. And some of the girls and I would like sing that song and like, and I remember back in the day, men or boys at the time for me, they would braid their hair. There was this one boy in one of my classes in fourth grade he had a head full of hair and he'll braid his hair well he'll get his hair braided and um he was just this cute boy and the hair braiding made it look so like it just really hyped him up like it was that you know how today how beards really make a man now like that's like really the trend and it has been for a while now like a man with a beard is like oh my god look at this adonis but back then for me and for many other girls at the time as well braids on a man was the like it was really it was the beard for us back then that was the equivalent of a beard back then. So when Mario came out with that song, it was just so perfect to the times, you know, brain, my, oh my God, his voice is really beautiful. Now I feel like playing it. <laughs> but yeah, really shout out to him. And so I got in, so I just got really into that zone as I'm driving and I found myself playing it at a louder uh, level, but here's the thing with me, and because I live in a hot climate area anyway, my windows will always be up. Like I'm not, I'm not driving with my windows down. I'm, the AC's on. What are we talking about? So ultimately, it's me that's really enjoying the music, and maybe if you were really, really close to my car, maybe you could hear it. But I don't feel like it's disturbing anyone, right? I, you know. In regards to that whole new possible uh, bill, I think it's already been passed, I, I believe, that that's happening in Florida of officers being able to ticket drivers if they're playing music or playing anything at a excruciatingly loud volume level. I think it's more applicable if the sound is happening while the windows are down and you know, maybe you're driving through a residential area and that residential area is typically quiet and you're driving through it and there's an off-duty cop or a cop that's just sitting around in that area per usual and they, they come across this car that's driving this loud-ass music, whatever the music is. Now, I'm hearing some people say, oh, that that law is targeting black people and it's really, <clears throat> you know, it's really a guise to continue to target black people and get them into the system, incarcerate them, et cetera, et cetera. <sighs> okay, maybe you have a point. I'm just tired of everything always have to be about it's targeting the black man. Everything's targeting black people. Roe versus Wade being overturned is targeting black people, black women. Now, it'll increase the mass incarceration level in America because black mothers will no longer have the opportunity to kill their child, their unborn child, and because they are forced to uh, give birth to their child in an impoverished condition, that child will typically and statistically end up drug and gang banging and that will lead them into like first of all are you the future can we stop like can we stop like everything always leads to 
Oh, is disenfranchising black people. Oh, is putting black people further down the, the pecking order. Is putting, is setting us back. Why does it always have to be that way? Why can't it just be, no, I'm just trying to save lives, right? Why can't it just be, oh, we're giving opportunities for unborn children to have a life and, and to make whatever they want out of the life that they're given and, and that they make for themselves? Like, why does it have to be this whole thing? So now this whole ticketing of, of drivers in Florida is targeting black people because only only black people play that music mad loud now I don't know look I don't know white people like that like closely <laughs> to know how they operate in their in their vehicle right um maybe it is targeting black people <laughs> come to think about it but shit maybe Hispanics too like why can't we talk about Hispanics it's just always just like, woe is me, I'm black, and I will continue to be poor. And this, I just hate that. Like, why can't we hear some more uplifting stories of black people in America? Why does every news always lead to, it's targeting black people, this, this will continue to, to disenfranchise the black community, and that's why we should not be happy if Roe versus Wade is overturned. I, I came across, um, not to bring it back to that topic, but it just, you know, it's still fresh, so I'm still seeing some responses to it. And um, <laughs> what, what did I just see? So I was on Instagram. I came across um, someone who I follow on Instagram. She posted something on her story, and I thought it would have been, like, silly of me to think that she would have uh, or anyone I follow would be open to sharing pro-life opinions right I think it's so scary for people to be like yeah I actually want to save the lives of (laughs) unborn babies it's so funny how that is so taboo like that is crazy to like think about it it's taboo to say hey how about we exercise other options to ensure the unborn child has an opportunity at life like right (laughs) why is that you're taking away my reproductive rights first of all to reproduce means to multiply so if you're not allowing me to multiply right if you're supporting a bill or you know you know a procedure that is not allowing you to multiply that's not a reproductive right you see what i'm saying that's not a reproductive right that's not a reproduction. <laughs> you're, you're terminating. Anyway, but I came across um, someone I follow on Instagram, and then she's like, um, she's showing this, this like sad post of just like way in the water type of story of of a woman. I didn't even read the whole caption because it was ridiculous, and I already knew what type of time it was on. And the woman was talking about like. You know, if you're happy that, it was like the last few lines of her caption, it said, if you're happy that Roe versus Wade is overturned, then F you. But she didn't say F you. It just, there's a F you emoji in place of saying F you. And it's just like, why? But why does it have to be so aggressive? You know what I mean? Like, why can't we just respectfully disagree? 
Like, why can't we simply understand another perspective that is not our own, that is completely opposite to what we believe and what we are so staunch on? Why can't we just be like, you know what? Okay, well, I, you know, I, I respect you. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be no type of time where I hate you now because you fuck, you want to save unborn lives. Like, what? Like, what? Why is that a thing? You know, so this whole aggression, I just feel like it's another tactic from the elite to continue to divide us because the fact that we can't have civil discussions and civil disagreements and civil discussions pointing out different and opposing opinions is is very telling to the hostile society that we are living in and the hostile culture that we continue to to uplift like why can't we just simply discuss disagree move on that's it you know and shout out to Kimberly Elise um you know again like I said it's, it's not uh, popular or easy to come across profiles of people online supporting the overturning of Roe versus Wade or even even um, remotely saying, hey, <laughs> I kind of want to save an unborn life or even people saying, like I said last episode, I was talking about how like, you know, we don't hear stories of, of women who have had abortions and regret it. You know, I know some women in my life who have had abortions and regretted it or some women who was going to get an abortion, but felt convicted not to. It was like, you know what? I can't do it. I just can't bear myself to kill this, this unborn child. So I'm going to follow through with this pregnancy. And, and she did. And she has a beautiful daughter from it. So I, I think, I just think about all of that. And I feel like, you know, why, you know, why is it so, so, what is it? So common and so praised and applauded for us to be okay with pro-choice and, and to paint it as such. Like this whole euphemism that we have over it. Instead of saying abortion for what it is, you know, we, we say abortion. Instead of saying pro-choice for what it is, we, you know, we say pro-choice. Um, but anyway, shout out to Kimberly Lee's because, again, it's not easy to, to come across people who – who um who will be bold enough to say excuse me who will be bold enough to say aloud whether in person or online or both their opinions on the matter and so Camilla Lee for those who may not know she starred in Set It Off she was the one who in case you're not familiar she, so she's not Queen Latifah she's not Jada she's not Vivica Fox. <laughs> I feel like the other names, like people are more familiar with those names. Um, but I'm familiar with Kimberly Elise because I just like to know um, like actresses' names and actors' names. I just, and I grew up on Set It Off, so I just, I, I know these characters and their real names back to back. But yeah, Kimberly is the one who, her character, she was a single mom and she just needed to to support her child and so she she decided it was a good idea to to combine with her girls and and rob banks <laughs> and rob banks <laughs> set it off uh, so yeah she was kind of like the good girl she was the first one dead yep the first one dead it made sense based off of her character <laughs> 
as yeah, but shout out to her. She she she's a great actress from from that from that role. Like it's very she did a really good job from that role. And you may also know her from Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Now, that is a Tyler Perry production. So I know some people may feel, you know, not convinced with Tyler Perry's cinematic abilities but um that was one of his like first movies coming up and it was it was good for what it was back then (laughs) but looking at it now I still remember Shamar Moore and that braided ass wig that he had on like what's going on (laughs) I say it (laughs) but anyway so Kimberly Elise was in that movie or isn't in that movie and she was married to this rich guy who just was this horrible husband, and he was abusive to her at some points, not all the time, but there was one. He he kicked her out of their home, and um, so anyway, so Kimberly Lee's recently shared her excitement and happiness of over over the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and you know, again, you would think, wow, someone who is you know, supporting the good thing, right? Like, wow, someone is caring for the life of the unborn child here. You know, it's a good thing. So you would think that's a good thing. Like, we're living in such a la-la land. It's so weird. And yet she, of course, is receiving so much backlash. There's some comments saying, oh, well, you know, whoever that character, I forgot his name in in A Diary of of a Mad Black Woman, but her husband from that movie, (laughs) people are saying, oh, you know, that's right. He should have dragged her and kicked her out the house. And, you know, you know what? I never liked Kimberly, at least from the beginning. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) You know, at some point, you just have to chalk it up to the fact that many people are under psychosis and under this this like spell that they cannot break from until they break from it right it's like you can't break from something until you just until you break from it and I feel like a lot of people are such bandwagoners that is so uh scary for them to even dare to think of something that is not of the status quo that is not of the mainstream media and so of course they're going to continue with the same rhetoric that is perpetually portrayed in the media so i i'm not you know i think i've accepted that Many people are too pussy. Hello? Is that the is my mic on? Many people are just pussy. Pussy. Just pussy. You know, if you're afraid over backlash from online robots, you know, or even real people online, um, you know, it's just just chalk it up to being a pussy because you're under a spell, right? I think it's just really that. Like, I'm going to just have some sympathy for you because you're just under a spell and it's okay, but it's not okay. And I hope people could just like break out of it. But I just, you know, I, <laughs> I, I wish there would be more people. I, I, I would find more um, willing to share their pro-life or anything that is not of the mainstream online there's one person who I follow I don't know her personally but I follow her and she's from Houston and 
hey, maybe we could connect one day because she seems like we're on the same wavelength and she's actually an Aquarius. But, you know, what I said about Aquarius women, I don't think me and them are meant to be close. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't know. Maybe it's a me thing. I, you know, go ahead. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, maybe it's a me thing. Cause, you know, I came on here a couple of episodes ago talking about maybe I'm not meant to be friends with Aquarius women because I've had traction with Aquarius women before and it just happens to be Aquarius woman every time. Like what, I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's a me thing, but I also like, because I, I don't know. I think some Aquarius, those two Aquarius women who I'm talking about, they weren't not to sound like hootie patootie, but they weren't on the same level as I am mentally and spiritually. So I feel like because of that maturity gap and them happening to be just Aquarius as me, of course, there's a clash, but I don't know. Maybe it's in my head. Maybe I'm maybe I'm tripping, but she seems to be on the way, same wavelength as me, and maybe we'll connect one day. But anyway, I just find it just very interesting how, you know, there's a lot of pussies out here. That, that's it. This is a lot of pussies. Okay, let's get into these topics because Ghislaine has been sentenced to 20 years, Ghislaine Maxwell, who was uh, Jeff Epstein's um, partner in crime. She helped him in his sex trafficking ring. She helped to pick out the, the women and young girls, allegedly, right? Um, but, you know, she was a great asset to the business. And she has finally been sentenced to 20 years. Now, I didn't follow this case uh, like detail by detail just because something was already fishy about it. I felt like um, considering how Jeff Epstein died, it is, I always get him wrong. Is it Jeff Epstein or Robert? It's not Robert Epstein, right? Let me just make sure. But I feel like because of how, yeah, no, yeah, Jeff Epstein, I'm right. Because of how Jeff Epstein um, suddenly, you know, died by suicide, um, I just feel like something fishy is going on. And though she has been sentenced and it seems like, you know, things are shifting in the order that justice is being served. And uh, yes, we should rejoice in that. Yes, it's a good thing that she is sentenced and whatever. I I feel like though I don't know, something about it is just off for me and I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. <laughs> um apparently there are no like live photos or like actual photos and I haven't done my research so I could be wrong, but I heard that there aren't any photos of her in the courtroom. Instead, what we've been seeing and what I've seen were just drawings and sketches of her in the courtroom rather than actual photos of her in the courtroom. So I'm like, oh, that's what's that, what's that about? Is she even there? Like, is this really even her? You know, I don't know. Like, at this point, what's really going on? What's really real? I don't know. But what is alleged is that she has been sentenced to 20 years. Though she's sentenced for 20 years, she is sentenced at a, a prison facility 
in Connecticut. And this prison facility is actually very high class. Like, um, it's not heavily uh, guarded or it's not, this is high, yeah, it's not high security at all. So it's very low security. And many celebrities have been incarcerated there over the years. So Lauren Hill, for example, have been incarcerated, you know, when Lauren Hill was incarcerated for her uh, tax non-payment situation. So I, I said a joke. I was like, oh, look, she's, she's sentenced at this spa-like <laughs> prison. They probably offer spa, you know, treatments there. It's just like a joke. Like, okay, this woman who helped to have thousands of women, of young girls raped and molested throughout the years and, and beaten and sold and trafficked, she is sent to a prison that offer that offers spa treatments essentially you know it's a high class low security very upper brow secure uh prison um facility this is the same prison that teresa judici was incarcerated in because of her and her husband's or ex-husband now um failure of paying taxes and stuff like that so like this prison's a joke really and from what i read actually she may not even do the full 20 they say that it's likely that she may not do the full 20 and um she may get released early i don't know what early really means though is it like six years early is it 12 years early shit and apparently she's on suicide watch and child i don't know you know on paper sure maybe this is a victory because wow she was sentenced to 20 years but where she's sentenced to is a joke and the fact that it's already assumed that she may not even spend the full 20 years and it's not it's just it's a joke it's a joke it's a joke anyway r kelly <coughs> Uh, what was his name? Um, uh, Piper, uh, Peter Piper, <laughs> Peter Piper, not Peter Piper. I don't know. Chocolate Factory nigga um, has been sentenced to thirty years. Now, there's an uh, just a question that's that's been floating around since this has been released is that why has he been sentenced to a longer term in comparison to Ghislaine when essentially they're like they are sentenced for the same well similar crime to say the least um I my my take is I know the difference oh you know he's a black man she's a white woman I get that but my my take is I feel like with Ghislaine though she definitely aided Epstein to to um have sex and traffic young girls, underage girls, she and helped to, you know, do that with so many elite men as well. I think because she's a woman, she necessarily didn't engage in those intercourses either. And say if she did, say if she did, it's it's probably not as threatening coming from a woman than it is coming from a man. And I feel like maybe if she was or she did um, engage in sexual intercourse with an underage uh, girl, 
I, I think the intimidation that comes from that is not as grand as it is from a man. Does, does that make sense? And not to say that it's okay, right? Not to say that um, it's better this way. I'm just saying there's a difference and there's a, there's a different there's an intimidation level when in, that, in that regard. So I think that's, that's the case here. But I, I can't recall if there's any allegations set against her directly for raping a young girl. I just think she, which is still bad, but I think she, her main role was to aid and help traffic and, and um, recruit and help prostitute these young girls and these underage girls to these elite men. So that's the difference. With R. Kelly, he directly molested and, and had sex um, well, raped um, underage girls, and since then, was with women in which in, in whom he brainwashed and um, just a, a just a, a long stint of inappropriate behavior to say the least. Now, it's hard pill to swallow because I feel like with R. Kelly is like. You know, it's just a hit to the black community. I'm, you know, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that because it, it, it really is. And I, I was just watching this amazing podcast called Urban X Podcast, and um, one of the hosts, his name is Black Dot. He made a great, a great, great point, and he actually had a, his own lecture video about the whole R. Kelly situation years ago when it was coming up again and when it was resurfacing in the media, and he was saying how. You know, I think it's basically unfair, not unfair, that's not his word, but he was saying how, like, um, the people, you know, when they want you to believe what they believe, they're essentially trying to take away a memory from you and, and tarnish a memory for you. And what that came off to me as, you know, with so many, so many, pretty much all of R. Kelly's catalog is attached to a memory, right? It's attached to something that you went through in your life and, you know, whether it was good or bad or anything, like his song holds so much meaning to so many people, to myself included, you know, to, to my cousins, to my family. Like his songs are deep. It's not these just throwaway songs. And I think though he wasn't a, uh, uh, a healthy man and he was definitely a predator and, and a pedophile all of that is true and like I'm gonna say the whole what I always say two things can be true or three four things could be true he had some he has some great music so I feel like it's unfair for people to want to tarnish that memory for you like oh well because of his songs, you know, <clears throat> you, you're gonna, or because of who he is, you're gonna have to stop listening to his music. Stop listening to his music altogether. You're gonna have to um, tarnish that memory that you had attached to that music. When it's like, no, like, don't get in my head, dog. Like, don't try to take away this happy moment, this happy feeling. <laughs> what was that song? I think it was, <laughs> that was the name of that song, right? Happy, no, happy people, happy people. <laughs> Oh my God, it's like, there's literally a song for everything. And I just think, you know, if 
you know, if we talk about like taking away, taking that away, we have to really have a bigger conversation and talk about so many other artists, so many other celebrities who either worked with him directly, who um, were featured on his records or he or whom he helped because he's written a lot of songs for different artists as well. Celine Dion, Britney Spears, like the, the list goes on. And I, I feel like it's just so we live in such a time where when it's so um, pressured for us to be in this PC response, like, you know, I have to immediately say I'm pro-choice. I have to immediately say fuck R. Kelly and, you know, throw away his records. And I have to immediately, yeah, like, but no, I don't. But no, I don't. But no, I don't. And if, and if uh, you do because you're acquiescing to the status quo, then you pussy. You know, anyway, that's my little take on it. But I think because R. Kelly, you know, directly – um, had inappropriate relations with underage girls and brainwash older women, yada, yada, yada. I think that speaks to why his sentence is 10 years more than Ghislaine Maxwell. And apparently, allegedly, Maxwell, um, she demonstrated some sort of remorse during her sentencing in the court she apologized and she recognized her faults in her relationship with Epstein and she said how she wished she never would have met him and she wished that she never would have had a relationship with him and she should have never partook in what they what they had going on so that at least demonstrated okay well there's some level of remorse and um wanting to be um, redeemed in some way, um, rather than R. Kelly, allegedly he never, through all his court hearings and sentencing, whatever, he never demonstrated an, an ounce of remorse. He never said, you know, he he did something horrible and he never admitted it to it. And I think you know, there's a bigger, there's a bigger. Um, there's a bigger thing attached to that. And I say that because considering that he's coming from the music industry and we already know the music industry is very, very corrupt. I think R. Kelly took the rap for what he did. And, you know, yes, he's guilty of those crimes. He did what he did. He is a predator. He's like, all of that is true. And I feel like, there are so many people just like him in the music industry who are not going through the ringer as R. Kelly just finished going through. And because of that, there's this resentment I feel like R. Kelly is experiencing. There's this like, you know, fuck this shit. You know, like I've held it down for so many years and, you know, y'all had my back for so many years and now you want to you know, throw it all away or, you know, turn your back on me. I feel like that's what he's feeling because he has more secrets and he he knows what's going on. Like he's not the only pedophile and predator in the music industry, unfortunately. And it's sick to even recognize that to be truth, but it is. So there's, I think, the reason why R. Kelly is not as rem or at all remorseful is because he's like, Y'all know what's go y'all know what's up, right? Like I feel like he's like y'all y'all the fuck 
Y'all know what's going on. It's not just me. And it's not even, it's not just me and that's okay. It's like, it's the culture for a lot of people in that field and so many other fields as well, but definitely in the music industry is that demonic culture. You know, you have artists having to be compromised to do homosexual acts in order to ascend in their career. Like, that's a normal thing. So for R. Kelly to be to be got here, right, to, to finally be caught and to finally be brought down to the ringer, okay, you know, victory for, the, for his victims, but all y'all niggas got victims too, so what's up? Right, like he's not the only one. Like, and so I think that's what that that's what speaks to him not being remorseful publicly, at least at the very least. So you know, it is what it is. It's still it's a it's a tough pill to swallow. Is is bittersweet? You know, yes, it's victory for his victims and you know everyone who's been uh, violated sexually. I think this is a victim for everyone. And, you know, I get it. I, it's just a mixed bag of emotions. I, I don't think it's necessarily me trying to cape for him and, you know, I don't know. I just, I just like to recognize that it's not as easy to accept it for, for what it is, you know. And it's easier for us to, um, to just throw him away which I, I get that, but I also feel like I'm not going to allow anyone to take away a memory from me that happened to be attached to one of his songs, to many of his songs, and to force me to feel differently and to, and to have a sour taste in my mouth because of what he did. When it's like, that has nothing to do with my memory um, that happened at the time when I was listening to... 12 play right like I remember oh my god that just brought me back 12 play I remember when I just got into 12 play like really like just in just like in my like on my own I was an undergrad and I heard of 12 play before like I heard different songs of it growing up like when I was much younger uh, and I was at my uh, cousin's house but I didn't listen to it on my own until I was an undergrad and I was like a sophomore in college. Oh my, I'm remembering the memory right now. And I remember I was at this guy's house or his dorm actually. <laughs> and we went flirting a couple of times prior to me arriving and we didn't have sex or anything. It was just like, I was very, very, not very, very, but like, that was before, I think at that time, I was still a virgin, actually. Yeah, because I wasn't, um, I didn't have sex until my junior year of college. So, yeah, sophomore year, I was still a virgin. But I was um, flirting with this guy, heavy, and he was playing R. Kelly. And I'm like, wait, what's, what album is this? What album is this? And uh, he was like, oh, it's 12 play. So I looked it up. I'm like, yo. like, And we just literally listened to the whole album together in his dorm room, just chilling, having good conversation. It was just a really good time. And that's the memory I have with 12 play. You're not going to take that away from me. <laughs> okay? Fuck you. I get what he did was wrong. I get he's a pedophile. He's a predator. But you're not going to take that memory away from me because I remember how I felt in that moment. 
I remember how good it felt to sing those songs after I, after listening to it for like three or two times on repeat, <laughs> finally learning the lyrics with that guy and we were just singing and vibing together like you're not taking that away from me that stays with me so stop like, I just hate the fact that we live in a time when people are forcing you to believe or or to think one way and to see things one way and to and to say things one way no nah, fuck that fuck that God built this I'm gonna say how I I'm gonna say how I'm built and you know what it is what it is <laughs> so yeah shout out to 12 play <laughs> 12 <laughs> and I hate when people be like I can't but how can you detach you know the artist from his artist by detaching it I'm sorry maybe I'm just the only person in the world who knows how to compartmentalize I could put two things in different boxes in my mind and have a good time hello the fuck Damn, every time I'm thinking about 12, oh, I'm thinking about him being with Aaliyah. Oh, he's writing these songs for Aaliyah. Like, shut up. I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking about R. Kelly singing to somebody else. I'm thinking about a boy I liked in college at the time I was I was listening to 12 play and how excited I was because, ooh, he's, you know, he's cute and, ooh, he likes me back. Like, I'm thinking about that. I'm not thinking about R. Kelly riding to a fucking Aaliyah 12 years old ass. Like, I'm not thinking about that. Why the fuck are you thinking about that? That's weird. That's weird. You're weird. It's on you. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> so, shout out to 12 Play. Shout out to that guy <laughs> from college. That was a good moment. That, <clears throat> that just triggered something. That's, mm. I still remember his full ass name. Funny. All right. Let's talk about, and now, you know how some stories I don't say the actual name of the person. Be, I don't know why I do that, actually, to be honest. And I think I'm being pussy. Am I being pussy? Am I being pussy? I have, only pussy I got is the one between my legs. <laughs> The only pussy I'm going to be proud of is the one between my legs. Okay? Other than that, nothing about me is pussy. So let me stop being pussy and stop saying, oh, I'm not going to say their name. Da, da, da. You know, if it's like a personal person, if it's like someone like in my personal life, then, um, you know, sure. Um, <clears throat> but... You know, I, I feel like ultimately if you're a public figure, um, <laughs> I'm going to just say your name. I'm just kind of like being pussy. Anyway, I'm going to talk about why, why I feel.
I used to go to here since I moved to Houston was this mega church. So, uh, what happened? So, it came to my attention that they divorced. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And let me describe him to y'all because I feel like we don't talk enough about pastors being fine. Hello? <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> I remember, shout out to my dearly departed cousin, Joanna. Um, <laughs> I remember when I first got here and I and I started going to his church and um, I would tell her about it. I was like, yes, girl, he's fine. <laughs> I would show her pictures of him and like, she's like, well, you better get his. <laughs> it was just a, like a joke we had, right? And uh, when I found out that he was, he got divorced. <laughs> I was like, oh, but no, it was a joke. I was, I was not interested in being somebody's pastor's wife at all. Pastor's girlfriend, I'll go, not at all. No. What if I don't want to go to church this Sunday? Anyway, um, yeah, so he got a divorce. And <clears throat> I started noticing, because I would follow him, like I said, on Instagram. I started noticing him. Um, suddenly having Shawnee O'Neal, Shawnee O'Neal, who is the ex-wife and
you know, in shambles and the reasons behind it. in this in this sermon what were you trying to say and you know of course the flock is always on the side of the pastor like low-key the flock of the church is under a psyop hello <laughs> that's like a new word now let me go ahead and give y'all a definition in case you don't know because some things i say i feel like you know oh i know but you know not everyone knows and okay psyop is definitely not what i okay psychological operation they focus it on more military-like because it's done in the military more um, commonly. But PSYOP is basically when you're under someone's influence mentally and they, because of that mental influence, they have power to control your actions, etc. And with church, with churches and congregations and the flock of the church, 
you're under a psyop, really. Like, if you are consistently attending that church and you are always in agreement with whatever the pastor says, the pastor goes, and whatever is being said on the pulpit is the truth, you're never questioning, you're never, oh, that's interesting. Like, you're never, like, you're always quick to believe and not quick to um, just kind of wonder and ponder, right? And it's not to say, like, you always have to be, uh, you know, asking questions and being a rebel and and trying to stir up some controversy i'm not saying do that i'm not i'm just saying like if you're always so quick to shut up and receive and shut up and take it that i think you're under a psyop i think something's wrong there so anyway while he's saying this in his sermon you hear people in the in the flock talking about oh uh-huh right preach on pastor uh-huh like shut the fuck up like first of all can y'all shut up and again, and maybe I'm sounding like I'm hating on black Americans, but I've, I've uh, witnessed this a lot from black Americans. There's a lot of ignorance, a lot of ignorance. And it's like, look, I can't even be mad at you for being ignorant because why would you even care, right? Like, it, you have no direct relation to Haiti or to, like, Caribbean history. So you probably wouldn't care enough to want to do the history, Unless you're someone who's a history buff, like, you know, sure. But maybe it's more common to, to, to feel that way and to think that way because you're not doing your own due diligence to, to look it up or to ask a, a Haitian person you, who you may know in your life about the history of Haiti and, why, you know, why we're, you know, in this economic despair that they're in. But the point is... For him to bring up a topic that is so sensitive in a, a sermon and do it so matter-of-factly as if he knew what he was talking about when the words that he was saying didn't align at all chronologically with the history, it just it's, it, 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 uh, astounds me. It, it bothers me to the point where I'm, I'm so turn, I'm disgusted. Like, I'm, I was already not attending his church because of, like, I was just not attending. And to come across this, it was going semi-viral online. I'm just so disturbed by it. And I feel like, at the very least, you know, have some people, like, at least some people who are in, you know, online spaces and they have a large following, they'll listen to some feedback that they receive online and they'll reflect and they'll come back with the video and be like, you know, if I apologize, you know, if I offended anyone, yada, 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 I, I apologize for my ignorance, yada, yada, yada. But I feel like because the Haitian community is not as, I don't know, I guess it's not as strong vocally or we may not have much power to influence him enough for him to cowtail to us, then he's not going to shut up and take it. Now, maybe if Jesse Wu, who's this Haitian influencer and um, she's also on different reality shows on TV, maybe she caught wind of it. Maybe she catches wind of it and she speaks on it. Maybe it'll get to him more or get to him enough for him to speak up on it. Or if Wyclef, you know, other people like Garcelle Bouvet, you know, someone, shit, Usher, even though he said he's not Haitian. But the point is, I think, you know, there's some, there's some, 
different responses that people experience when it comes to speaking ignorantly about a cultural, historic, um, just reasons and makeup, you know? And if if he would have dared to say anything anti-Semitic in his sermon and just one Jewish person caught wind of it online, oh, he would have been quick to be like, you know, in my sermon last Sunday, I said some ignorant comments that were anti-Semitic. That was not my idea. Like, he would have been on his soapbox and apologized for it. But it, I know it got to him. I just know he got to – I know it got to him because he's active online. And a lot of people tagged him. And I think I, I tagged him as well. Um, I don't, actually, I don't think I did. But whatever. A lot of people commented on the post. It is viral amongst different um, influencers um, and different profiles on Instagram in which where – he could have definitely caught wind of it. Like, he's getting tagged left and right. I'm sure he probably caught wind of the reaction video that I caught wind of. And when I checked his profile, because I stopped following him, when I checked his profile, the latest post that's in the same, like, chronological order as to when he delivered this sermon, the, the latest Instagram post is a tweet that he wrote saying, oh, when you're positive, negative people are irritated by you. Like, nigga, shut the fuck up. Like, stop. Can you stop? You're being, you're being ignorant and you're spreading this false news, this false propaganda amongst your flock. And of course they're going to listen and obey and, and worship the word that you're saying because you're a God to them. Right. You know, it's one thing, to be a pastor and to already be charismatic and to already have a strong pull with your words. But it's another thing to be handsome and all of those things. He's a handsome fella, tall. He played basketball when um, he was younger. So he has that like that look to him. Right. And for him to be this the, this handsome man who is uh, a flock of the Lord, you know, a servant of God, and, <laughs> like, he's, he's instantly going to get pussy, right? He's instantly going to get people to immediately follow whatever he says and, and not question or challenge him. So it's just very disturbing to me that he said that in his sermon and – as of yet, nothing has been said to um, said by him to to repair the the hurtful takes that he took. And what's also hurtful about that is because there's this white pastor named Pat Robertson. Let me go ahead and bring this up real quick. His name is Pat Robertson, and he is known for continuously having takes like this. The same take that I said earlier about, you know, the reason why Haiti's in despair is because of voodoo and the people in Haiti need to let go of And, you know, it goes back to the whole ignorance thing. Like, let's stop bashing people for their indigenous practices. Let's stop, let's stop bashing them 
for their their maintenance of their ancestral rituals that has aided and guided them throughout the years. Like just because we may see it differently as Christians, as Catholics, as Baptists, etc., it should not be to a point where you're you're being condescending and you're spreading false li- you're spreading lies and explaining why oh this is the reason why they're in economic despair you know the real reason why haiti's in economic despair is because when we earned our which is horrible to even say we got to earn our independence but when we earned our independence after being colonized by the french the french the well france decided to hold us still by the chokehold and say okay well though you're no longer enslaved you're going to still owe us money and they have put haiti in debt for many years since 1804 when we earned our independence so you have the the debt collectors of france still holding haiti by its chokehold because they're mad as well as neighboring countries as well, upset that, wow, this this small country populated by blacks have, have had the gall and the audacity to earn independence from slavery as the first black republic? Like, how dare you? So, you know, there's backlash for that. And instead of saying that truth at the pulpit, Pastor Keon decided to spread this false propaganda yet again that Pat Robinson, a white man, a white pastor, had been spreading for years upon years upon years. So him continuing that is just it's a a dig. It's a dig. And to be a black American doing that, saying saying it to your black predominantly um, congregation, it just continues this ignorance that. So many Haitians, myself included, has been making purposeful effort to, um, to, to, you know, to take away from, like, to help you to realize this is not, this is not the truth. You know, so many times I find people say, oh, you want to go to Haiti? You wanna, like, it's like, I do, I do want to go to Haiti, you know, but yet because of the propaganda, like, there's this, like, fear, you know, and. You know, I've been to the DR a couple of times, well, twice, and so many times I'm thinking, like, damn, you know, I wish I could just go to Haiti. <laughs> Why can't I just go to Haiti? But, um, you know, one day I'll be back. I- I've only went when I was a young, young girl, and I would love to go go a- go again at my adult age. But, yeah, I just hate that. Like, stop spreading false propaganda because it, it sounds – like the thing to do no just do your history and know exactly what you're saying before you say it okay anyway i'm gonna go ahead and end the episode here thank you so much for listening you guys please make sure you are leaving me a review that really helps the podcast make sure you're leaving a review on apple podcast that'll be amazing if you do so so five stars and leave a review saying why you love this podcast Check us out also on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, like I said, Anchor, and Google Podcasts. And I will go ahead and check in with you guys next time. Peace. 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.